Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name's Tommy Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid for the third time by Daniel O'Dwyer. Thanks for being here, Daniel. Um, let's get right into it. Newspapers on Wednesday morning, as you'd expect, were dominated by Barcelona's 4-1 defeat to PSG. Just do a quick run-through of the marca. Mbappe destroys Barcelona to make history at the camp now. Diario As, Hurricane Mbappe. I like that one. That's a, that's a good one. Hurricane Mbappe. Mundo Deportivo, probably the most critical... <clears throat> And the, the only the only Catalan uh, newspaper that we're going to read out today, Mbappe Hattrick rips apart Barcelona, who looked weak, careless, and showed zero character. So neither the Madrid nor the Barcelona papers are particularly sympathetic to 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 the team to Barca. But you have to say that all of them at least recognise how impressive Mbappe was, which is probably a positive thing. I mean, yeah, it was it was just an unbelievable performance. I mean, we can we can go into the details about the game in a minute, but. I mean, it was just, it was, it was crazy. Like he just absolutely dominated them every time. Every time he got on the ball, it looked like something was going to happen. Like he was kind of, you could draw parallels with him and Ronaldo the way he played last night. And um, yeah, I mean, it was crazy as well. It's the first, the first hat trick, uh, the first hat trick against Barcelona in the knockout stages of the Champions League ever. Whoa. And the last, the only two hat tricks before that against Barcelona in the Champions League were before he was born in '97. Shevchenko yeah for Kiev Kiev and before and the same season was uh, Faustino Asprilla the Colombian for Newcastle at well, St James's Park St James's Park yeah so yeah it's the, it's the he's the second youngest person ever to score the hat trick because Shevchenko was slightly younger than he was yeah. when he got it for Kiev but not taking away anything from Mbappe's performance <laughs> like you know it, it was incredibly incredibly like special the game now on the pitch you touched on this just there there's a lot to get into in terms of what went wrong for Barcelona um, and I think we should probably resist the temptation to go back over all the kind of innumerable problems that we have um, that we know that already exist at Barca regarding the presidency regarding all these kind of things because they've been pretty well documented in the papers we've spoken about them here so we're not going to go back over that but the fact remains that Barca have suffered another heavy defeat in the Champions League and this is a kind of rap sheet that goes back for four seasons and it's becoming normal now so you do kind of wonder, in the context of all these defeats, how bad is is this one when you yeah. compare to the other ones? You have to wonder if this is the the final straw for Messi, if this will be his last time in the Champions League. I mean, yeah, going back last season, A2 Bayern, the two seasons before, the unbelievable comeback from Liverpool and Roma, of all people. So I don't know, like you think Messi's going to be, <laughs> he's going to be a bit fed up now. And I don't know, he, he might be on his way out this summer. That's probably heavily speculated. I don't know, yeah. do, do, you think, do you think this is his last... Champions League tie well given given that that they don't come back they don't do what they did it's pretty much a given ago. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much a given that they're that they're out, I would say I don't see them going away to Paris and and turning this one around his contract runs out at the end of June and his contract details were famously leaked uh, fairly recently and the the astronomical wage and all that he was going to get paid and there's a lot of talk about that there has been a lot of talk about that we need to repeat nothing's been set in stone yet nothing has been has been guaranteed so is he going to still be here at the end of the end of the season um I suppose to answer your question carousel deportivo the the cadena ser radio uh, program football program somebody said it was a commentator actually for, for last night's game he said uh, probably said it best he said if he's looking for a footballing project messi he's not going to find it at Barcelona. There's no evidence that the team's got any kind of direction. Even the manager himself, like the fact the role of Koeman this year has been to kind of hold the ship together. But it doesn't seem to be like they're building anything. 
And when you when you uh, recent uh, myself and Reese were talking a couple of weeks ago about the the candidates that they have for the presidency at Barcelona, I think Messi will be pretty aware of what each candidate offers him, and. I think if he was satisfied with all three options, he probably would have signed the thing already. Yeah. Why do we have to wait till till? Are we going to be waiting right up until the the 30th of June? Are we going to be waiting until March to see the election results? I think he has doubts about it. I mean, again, it's speculation, but I just don't think he. If he takes an objective look at this, if he takes his heart away from it, any kind of attachment he has to the club, if he takes that out of it, I don't see why. He would continue at this club for what's for what's left of his career. Yeah, I don't it. really see it. When you look at him, he's heavily linked, obviously, with a couple of clubs, but one of them being PSG. And when you see what what they did to Barcelona last night, if you're Messi, like you say, taking his heart out of it, why wouldn't why wouldn't you go to a team like that over Barcelona? Who I don't know who have prospects for the future. I mean, their Champions League final last year. If he's obviously he's he wants to play with Neymar again. He was trying to get him back to Barcelona, and could you imagine Messi? I mean, Mbappe might may well leave as well. I don't know. I, Personally, don't think it'll be this summer. Maybe in a year or two to Real Madrid. But mm-hmm. could you imagine even for one season that you Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe? That's that would be incredible, unbelievable. But 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 that's the thing. I mean, uh, Mbappe's, the, the, you know, he's got, if he's going to go anywhere, I think it would be to Madrid. Yeah. If anything, that's given them a bit of a headache uh, tonight, um, well, this week because of the price now, the price tag that's going to be on him after doing that, and the amount of pressure that's going to be coming from the fan base, which was already high. You know, we go back to when they signed Hazard. Uh, that is unveiling. They, yeah, they, were, they were they were chanting chanting Mbappe. It's, oh, it's crazy. So it's been in the work for a long, long time, and we know what they we know what they're like. So it's kind of he's going to go there if anything. Uh, Messi's going to have to kind of weigh up his options. And as as they said on on the Spanish radio last night, where's the football and project here? I just don't see it. And it is it should be of concern to Barcelona fans that all that's happened of late the furthest we've got is a leaked contract and we're in February the contract runs out in Jan- in, uh, in June you know they have a reason to be concerned and like I'm not a betting person as I always say on this but I don't see them turning this around I just don't see them going to Paris and and turning it around yeah although the game not 100% sorry I thought, I thought, you, were, I thought you were talking about Messi yeah when it comes to Messi yeah. I mean a part, part of me still always thinks he just I won't see him in another jersey until the very end of his career when he goes back to Argentina but now no, I'd be I would, last, last summer I was pretty sure he was going to leave and now be pretty, I'd be more sure now but yeah when it comes to the game I mean the hero the hero of the match four years ago was Neymar and now they've got him on, on the opposition team and he might well come back for that game as well so I just I don't know they look in a bit of shambles yeah, despite yeah. their better league form now I don't know I just yeah I don't think it's going to happen like PSG just absolutely dominate them as long as they've got Mbappe they've got a goal and then yeah Barca are going to have to go there and score five so I, I don't see that happening and not conceding I think the, the biggest worry before the match was the defence and I think that that proved to be the probably a a valid kind of preoccupation for, for, for people before, before the game particularly the fact Pique came in and this was just something that completely took everybody by surprise, I think. I don't think anybody was... I was listening to Glenn Hoddle in the... I can't remember the other commentator. Uh, the other guy. I was listening to that as well. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> I've forgotten his name. The, 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 the commentators woke... Yeah, Glenn Hoddle basically said, you know, Christ, like, we, we, we spend all week preparing for this. It completely caught us so like, off guard yeah. and stuff. Like, nobody expected PK to, to go in. And he had a bit of a mixed bag, like... 
early on you saw him motivating the team and he was kind of saying the right things even the little spat that you had with Griezmann where they were exchanging expletives yeah. at each other. <laughs> a few, few things that we shouldn't say, the, say on the show <laughs> no, that we, we can't say just look them up in Google he had that little spat with Griezmann but it was 1-1 at that point and they were kind of still in the game and, and yeah I mean before, before we go into where it all turned around for me after 60 odd minutes after the second goal like the scoreline for me doesn't really reflect the game. I mean, no. for the first 60 minutes, it was fairly end-to-end. Barca were, Barca were well in it. Griezmann had a couple of chances. Dembele had a weak enough shot. Um, I mean, yeah, a couple, couple of good saves in that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Just after the second goal, it all changed. Even in the first half as well, I was going to say, sorry. Idrissa Gay, for me, could have easily been sent off, which I think was overlooked. He was on a yellow, had a a late enough challenge on Busquets which for me would have been a first yellow if he wasn't on one probably mm-hmm. why he was taken off uh, just after half time but like it was end to end and I think a score of maybe 3-2 or so might have been a bit more a fair, close to reality yeah, fair reflection but I think when that second goal went in you just, just knew didn't you Yeah, you just had that feeling gates were going to open that was it and uh, but yeah like Going forward, they did have the chances. Uh, Griezmann kind of shaved the post at one point. Yeah. Then Belly, I thought, had the biggest chance. Very weak shot. I thought he should have been better with. It was almost like he wasn't expecting to make contact. It was just a, it was a weird thing. It was like he wasn't expecting to make contact with the, the strike yeah. or something. It was really strange, but he well. sort of passed it in him. Laid on, I mean, I know they were, what were they, 3 1 down at this point, maybe 4, but uh, Navas, I don't know what he was doing when he went, to, when he went yeah. to clear it out. It looked like he tried to pass it, but it was only going out for a throw. And, and uh, Griezmann blocked it, charged it down and blocked it. That could have easily could been, have been a, goal, a goal, changed the tie. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, when that second goal went in, I mean, yeah, this is when we start to talk about the, the defensive issues. I mean, the second goal was... Oh, second goal? No. Uh, oh, no, Mbappe's, yeah, Mbappe's was the second. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, PK. first of all, he should really be clearing the ball that's coming in. And second of all, he was when, when it came to Mbappe, he was already in the goal, had fallen on the floor... If he had stayed on his feet, he would have blocked. He was standing exactly where Mbappe shot, so he had a bit of a shambles for that one. Mm-hmm. And then Keane's goal as well. I don't know what was going on with that marking from that free kick. And for yeah. me, it looked like Longley was was, Matt, was marking him, but then he had two men in front of him that he had to cover, and then it was just a free header for Keane in the end, who's picked up some some massive form after a very shocking season at Everton. Yeah, I know. It's uh, the, the comparisons between that season at Everton and, and, and the way he was playing last night was you know, yeah, just, just two, night and day, isn't it? Two goals and 31 league appearances for Everton and now he's already on 14 for, for PSG in all competitions. Yeah, strange. Stegen had a good game, but I think for that goal, he could have done better as well. Maybe yeah. he could, could have come for it. Um, the, basically, the, the, the people that are getting the most flack for that one are, are Longley and... And himself, so yeah, just all round defensively, it was pretty bad. Going forward, again, I repeat, I don't think they were terrible. They just didn't take their chances. But going forward, they were creating chances and things like that. So that's if there's any, if there are any positives in it, you know. Yeah, that's the main difference. I mean, PSG just took their chances. I mean, Barca had a few chances, but overall in the midfield as well, PSG fairly dominated. I thought particularly Paredes was was very good, and Verratti was was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Going forward, he was creating. He had a nice. Nice flick for the first uh, for Mbappe's first goal and defensively as well he was getting back and, and stopping things so yeah it was that uh, was unbelievable well, very well deserved the victory I would say for PSG but it's just in the grand scheme of things would you put it up with the eight two defeat I would say no but I would say that the implications of it could possibly be worse because it could be the final nail in the coffin for the Messi thing 
And I know we, you would always say that no one player is above the club, but I'd make an exception in this case. Yeah, you know, I would just, as well. The, this guy is like, you know, do you lose him? It's, it's, it's bad for Spanish football if he yeah. leaves. It, it's that big a thing. Yeah, it's not just bad for the club. It's not just bad for Koeman or the next president that comes in or the Barca supporters. It's bad for Spanish football, you know. They're losing yeah. somebody like that. In the same way it was when Ronaldo left. And it was something that a lot of us, we still kind of hang on to the idea that it's not going to happen. But I think we need to at least start to think that it may actually be possible that he could leave. So you wonder. I don't know. Don't want to get too uh, too poetic or anything. But I was thinking, it just seemed a bit symbolic that kind of the end of an era. First of all, with the Messi thing, within ten minutes to go, Barca again in the Champions League are getting absolutely destroyed, and Busquets and Pique get taken off. Who've been absolute integral part of the team for for over a decade they're taken off for at the same time that Trincao and and Ricky Puig came on so it's kind of the the youth replacing the old who have been the spine the core of the team for for 10 years so I don't know it is it does kind of nearly feel like the end of an era with everything that's gone on at the club as well we'll see we'll see I don't know it's kind of kind of troubling times over to Madrid we're gonna we're gonna talk about them just now the weekend they had a really convincing win over Valencia now Valencia have got their own problems they really do like they have issues on the pitch as well as off the pitch and we could probably do an entire show just on, on the problems that Valencia have doesn't take away from the fact that, that Madrid had a really convincing 2-0 win uh, over them at the weekend they're second in the table they've had three straight wins after that loss to Levante how do you think they'll be feeling at the moment? I mean, it's it's a difficult one. Like you said, it was it was it was a convincing win against a struggling Valencia side. A couple of a couple of very good goals from Benzema and Cruz, but I don't know. It's just with with their injury problems. I mean, you you can't look past that at the moment. They've had 40, 40 injuries with twenty different players, and I think that's gonna it's really gonna affect the the last few games of the season. I don't know. I mean, they'd be feeling good league wise, but at the same time, I think. Not to go, not to go back to Barca, but Barca are coming into some serious form in the league despite the Champions League loss. And you were saying, you were saying before about Sevilla finishing third ahead of Barca. I'd nearly, if they were going to finish ahead of someone for me, it'd be Real. Yeah. Over Barca. Over Madrid. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about Real at the moment? Uh, I, I don't know. I think obviously that the last three games have been good, but the just this the injury thing could be a serious issue, and they seem to be long term ones. You know, that it seems to be constant bad news. The fact that Ramos has gone in for an operation now, um, the fact that Carvajal's injury is much worse than, apparently than what than what we thought it was, and you know that there are, and these fullback positions is a real issue. Like uh, defenders, they can't get Alaba in there soon enough. It's a shame for them from their point of view that they have to wait to the end of the season because they need somebody like that now. So they're having like they're having to bring in the the young players, which is nice to see. But if you're a fan wanting to win games. You know, it's 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 a really really tricky uh, situation. On the injury problems, it's there are all sorts of theories about why this is happening. Um, some's just kind of some of it's sort of speculation. Some of it's just putting it down to bad luck. Um, I have to say, I do know someone who actually uh, works at Real Madrid in, in the youth setup. Um, and I asked them. I said, um, some people are saying that the 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 gym installations and all that are kind of of a low standard. Uh, at Real Madrid and, and he looked at me like saying like what are you talking about it's Real Madrid so I realised it was a stupid question when I asked it was, of course the gym's going to be good you know 
Uh, but that's what a lot of people are saying, that the gym's not up to it and, and stuff like that. His theory was that it might actually be down to the just the kind of style of training because, as you know, when you get to the top two clubs, I would say the big two, Barcelona and Real Madrid, their training isn't as in- intensive as, say, Atletico's is or Sevilla's would be or even like Betis under Pellegrini or whatever. It's not quite as intense. And that's good because it means that the players are happy. On the other hand, it means that when you do do training, you have to do it kind of correctly. And Zidane, as we know, quite likes his shooting drills and he quite likes these things seen, that are I've kind of... I've seen a few videos of that already. Have yeah, you yeah. seen that? Like back, Even back when he was youth uh, coach, a lot of it seemed to be like kind of... It was fairly light stuff, but a lot. he, he loved his third-man running exercises and, you know, uh, lines of players passing the ball to you and, and all that. Um the guy I was talking to that was youth coach said when when I worked there we always tried to avoid doing that with the youth teams because it, it can actually be problematic if you do it too much if you think about it if you're doing exercises like that you're in a line say for a minute standing waiting to waiting to do the exercise you pass it and then you shoot you maybe get like five seconds of explosive you yeah, know lost, movement lost stop start yeah and then you're stopping again and you're in line so like uh, up there are some people who would say that that's probably not a good way to do things and it also happens to be the way that Zidane does direct his training. So, I mean, it's it's complete speculation. It could just be terrible, terribly bad luck. Um, but you do wonder how, how are they going to see out the rest of the season? Are they going to be able to maintain the any kind of like form? That's it. Funny, 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 funny you mentioned bad luck because I actually did read a quote from Zidane in yeah. La Marca and he said, uh, having so many injuries isn't bad luck. We're worried. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know what to make of that. <laughs> what if somebody said something to him? Was like, by the way, you know, like maybe, maybe change things up a yeah, bit. Or I mean, he's he's kind of suggesting that there is a fundamental issue there that's yeah. causing these. I mean, I don't know. Like you think you think a manager a manager nowadays would come out and just kind of blame it on bad luck and yeah. this and that, but I don't know. Like you say, it could be some issues with the training and that. But it's bizarre. I mean, they've had. 40 injuries this season like the nearest them Barca have had 25 Sevilla 18 Atletico 15 so mm. compared to their rivals and that they've had basically double all of them and I mean it's kind of it kind of mirrors what's going on with Liverpool as well like it is going to affect their season in a huge way having all these injuries like especially the defensive injuries exactly or, or Atletico last season like yeah. I think if we we were very quick to criticise Atletico last season about how they did and, and stuff and and how they didn't live up to expectations, but you got you got to take into account the number of injuries that they had, and um, that's it's going to have an effect on the team. I remember Koke talking about that last season because he was out for a significant part of it, and he just said, you know, this has been disappointing, but we're disappointed as players. We haven't been getting a game. We haven't been able to play because of injuries. So I think it's it's potentially happening at Madrid as well. So who knows really though it's, it's down to kind of uh, speculation just one final thing on Madrid there is a documentary about the Galacticos era uh, coming out just now it's already out in Spain uh, on Mobistar I believe uh, but in other countries it will be available on ESPN uh, from the 24th of February it's a three part documentary and it's quite cool it has interviews with players who are part of the, the famous Galactico team um, Santiago Solari Roberto Carlos Fernando Hierro Makaleli makes an appearance Steve McManaman makes an appearance. You're excited to... Looking forward to hearing his, his Spanish, which is actually quite good. Really fair. good Spanish, <laughs> yeah. Compared to all the other British that have come over, it's 
probably the best. I think this guy's accent helps with it. <laughs> it probably been able like, to pronounce the J in Spanish. Like yeah, been, like you with your, your Scottish oars help you a bit as well. If you're <laughs> Scottish or Welsh or Scouse, it's probably good. So McManaman will be on that, speaking a bit of Spanish. Valdano will be on it as well. Jorge Valdano, the, the Argentine player, previous manager, previous player for, for Madrid. Um, he was also the sporting director at the time under under Perez when they signed like Figo and Beckham and Zidane and all these guys, uh, and he's got some kind of interesting thoughts about how you 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 see in one of the trailers how he basically suggests that it got completely out of hand in terms of the money that was being spent on the players, in terms of how they were able to justify themselves in the press and all that, and just the sort of managing the the public image of the club, which did actually kind of suffer with the Galacticos thing. It was used almost as a kind of pejorative negative thing uh, against them, that, that they were almost like buying leagues. I think now, nowadays we're so accustomed to seeing t- all sorts of teams spending like astronomical sums of money, but these guys were probably the first, first you know, to, do it, yeah. Yeah, to, to really do it. I think there are, I think nowadays there are various Galactico teams, but they were the kind of the original yeah, how many, ones. How many so. times have they broken the, the the record transfer fee? Well, this is what Valdano said. He says it was almost like the 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 genie was kind of out of the bottle. Like we we couldn't put it back in once we set that bar for our fans. And it's what we were saying before about the the Mbappe thing. Yeah. Once we set that bar from our fans, whatever we did wasn't enough. They wanted the next level That's expensive I mean, signing. I think yeah, I think Ronaldo at the time when he I know he's broken the record, he's broken it twice. I think yeah. when he went to Real he was Figo might have been, definitely definitely then Kaka. No, no, no. yeah, it was Kaka and Ronaldo. Because he broke oh, it twice. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, he but, broke it when he went to to Inter first. Yeah, that's it. And then from Inter to, to Real. That's crazy. And then I think Figo might have been definitely Kaka then and then Ronaldo. Yeah. As well, Cristiano and Bale. There's always those that, that debate about was he more than Ronaldo. That's it yeah. as well. And you probably can't compare like Zidane. I think was forty six million euros or was it pounds? I can't remember. But forty six million he was, and but that was at that time. You know that it was. You got to take in, into account how much money kind of does change over over time. But you know, just this kind of. I think that was a very hard image to, to manage and continues to be a problem for Madrid because it means that it makes them a club kind of like no other. The the level of um, sort of a demand that, that the fans place in, in terms of signings and how central signings are to the identity of the club. It's kind of weird if you're from any other team. Uh, but yeah, they just talk about that, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. There's also the they they do explore the kind of personalities of the players, and they go quite into the kind of party culture that existed. A few characters there, <laughs> <laughs> namely Carlos is a, a big one that comes up. The Brazilian guys kind of uh, yeah. come into it quite a lot. I mean the the Brazilians they have they have a reputation already right, for being being party animals. I mean actually <laughs> relevant to to now Neymar. I'm not saying that he's faking injuries out for four weeks now, <clears throat> but it's interesting since 2015 apart from last year when he played he's missed around this time he was suspended 2015 and 16 for his sister's birthday which is the 11th of March and then um, yeah 2017 18 and 19 he was injured so it's interesting her birthday is the 11th of March so and then the second leg against Barca is the 10th of March so we'll see if he's back but I mean yeah I've heard some some absolutely crazy stories like the stories about Ronaldinho having things in his contract that he could go out Christian Vieri talks about his time at Inter when he'd go out till five or six in the morning, nights before training with Ronaldo regularly. There were two stories that were were crazy, and I had to I had to double check because they were so similar that I thought one of these must not be true. But I watched the match highlights just to make sure it was true. 
So the first one was Romario when he was playing for Barcelona in 94. So he, he asked his manager, who was none other than Johan Cruyff at the time, if he could have a couple of extra days off to go to the, the Rio Carnival. And Cruyff said to him, well, I'll give you two extra days off if you score two tomorrow. And he went and scored a hat-trick against none other than Real Madrid in a 5-0 <laughs> win. And reportedly, when the players got into the dressing room, he had already packed up and said, boss, I need to leave my flight in an hour. And, and he got to go. It's unreal. And remarkably, remarkably similar. This is why I doubted it. But again, I watched the highlights just to make sure this was true. Mourinho tells a story. First of all, so this, yeah, with, with Mike on at Inter. Mm-hmm. First of all, it was a known thing that Mourinho scheduled Inter training sessions on a Monday evening to let Mike on recover from his heavy weekend. <laughs> But this story now came in, in 2008. So apparently every year, just before Christmas, he'd get, he'd get his 50 yellow so he could go to Brazil for the holidays, have a bit of extra time there. And in 2008, they were playing Siena just before Christmas. And Mourinho told him, if you get booked, you can't go back. He said, what if I score? I don't know if Mourinho maybe <clears throat> knew the story about, about, uh, about Johan Cruyff and Romario, but he said, if you score two, you can go. So Mykons, they won 2-1. Mykons scored two got a yellow card for taking his shirt off in celebration and was given an extra week off I mean it's just it's, it's that is crazy. unbelievable yeah. and Mourinho like, tried uh, you know tried those tricks at Real Madrid as well you know t- telling Alonso to get booked in, yeah, in the Champions Alonso League Ramos, that was against Ajax I think yeah that's yeah. it so I mean I don't know I, I think probably happens a little bit more the, the difference was he got caught that time that's it what <laughs> was the difference but it's just it's crazy like these with these Brazilians like I don't know I wonder would they get away with it right now in the modern day but just they were so talented all them Ronaldo Ronaldinho Romario, Romario that they just they, they could get away with it they were just that important you wanted to keep them happy well, that's it. Well, I think that in this documentary, there'll probably be quite a few, um, probably quite a few kind of inst- instances of that and kind of good stories to to be seen. So yeah, recommend it. Twenty fourth of February, if you live outside of um, outside of Spain, and if you live in Spain, it's already on Movistar. Uh, okay, back to La Liga and back to the current day. Any games that caught your eye last weekend? We 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 had we have a preview every weekend, but were there any that lived up to expectation or that you thought were kind of noteworthy for any reason? Well, as a as a biased man who always likes to bring in Bilbao, I'll give them a quick mention for a, a very impressive four 0 win against Cadiz. I mean, just some of the goals were incredible. Like Alex Berenger scored scored two, but his second goal, especially seventeen passes in thirty nine seconds among ten out of the eleven players, it was just. Unbelievable and a nice little, nice little finish. It was actually the ball through from Moniain as well. A great samba. It was like um, it reminded me a bit of uh, Arsenal. Oh God, years ago when Eduardo scored the goal, it was against Cardiff, and they were calling it beach football yeah. because just they, they were they were they were literally pinging the ball up near, floating the ball up near, and they're playing really nice stuff. Aside from just playing well and, and getting results, they're playing really nice football, which is something that we haven't seen from them. In quite some time, yeah, it will bounce. So I'm gonna make a bold statement and say they they push for they they get Europe this year. After that start, you think it's still think it's possible? I think it is. I mean, they're <clears throat> what are they? I looked at they were five five points behind Villarreal mm-hmm. with with a game in hand, mm-hmm. and they play Villarreal as well um, at the weekend. So if they win that. I don't know, it's possible that just the last couple of weeks, I don't know, since Marcelino's come in, they're playing much better football, and I'm going to I'm gonna throw it out there. They'll, they'll be in Europa at least. Okay, I think we know what one of your weekend picks is going to be as well, so yeah, okay, interesting thing to, to look out for. Uh, Eibar Valladolid, I'm going to go for this one because we previewed that game, 
Um, and 1-1. One, one. Who's going to be happier with that one? I think it's probably equal. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone's really going to be no. happy. I mean, yeah. Because of where they are in the table, you know, it's like it's uh, a, a, a bar uh, currently sitting 17th, by the way, the 18th. A win yeah, would have done both of teams really, really good, you know? That's it, yeah. No, no one's really going to be too happy. I mean, yeah, they're 17th and 18th level on points, but only only three points ahead of Elche with two games in hand as well. So, I mean, yeah, they were both desperate for a win there, but. Yeah, I mean, may, yeah, maybe why the lead? I don't know. Might be slightly more happy in the away game, but they were away from home and they were also they were missing three players because of suspension and things like that. And uh, off the back of two losses, as were Abar, to be fair. But off the back of two losses, maybe you'd be happy enough with the draw. So yeah, I think yeah, both those clubs, you would be worried if you're in that situation. We're gonna get into the relegation battle in, in just a second, but I also feel necessary. I have to talk about. Bordelas because he got sent off again <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> so last week he'd already been he'd been sent off he was suspended for the for the for the game uh, after that bust up with Lopetegui comes back in walks on the pitch in the middle of the match gets into a shouting match with Carlos Fernandez. the referee sends him off so he's sent, sent off again you know <laughs> and it seems that the guy's just kind of he's also come out he's come out that, that's been that's been twice in a row now he's come out and criticised uh, Alan Yat and Kubo as well he basically said like um, they didn't show me enough when, when, when they played in the game against Sevilla and um they're not kind of what I'm what I'm looking for in terms of attitude. So coming out and kind of he's sort of doing a bit of a Tim Sherwood. Uh, it's a break, a little, little <laughs> bit of time to settle in. He's just, <laughs> he's just young a, couple of kids who've only been there a couple of weeks. I know, <laughs> but he's just uh, he's just the angriest man in the world. Yeah. You know, he's 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 doing a Tim Sherwood when he was at um, Spurs in that time. You know, just yeah. getting very very angry at people. So I don't know. I just uh, it's just so noteworthy because Qatafi now they're sitting fourteenth. That's the third consecutive loss. Yeah, level on points with Valencia and Cardiff as well. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, they're only yeah only three points out of the relegation zone as well. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's this this relegation battle is heating up. Yeah, and it's tight enough as well. You know, it's, it's, it's you know it's it'll be very interesting to see how this goes. Madrid to Valencia nil. Now Valencia were they've been a bit kind of up and down. We've it was looking like they could seriously be in the relegation spot for a bit. They kind of brought it back, and now they're sitting thirteenth. They're only on 24 points. They're only three points away from, from Abar and Valladolid. You know, it's uh, with the same amount of games played. You'd be worried if you're them as well, you know? You would, yeah. I mean, still in, in, my, in my heart, Valencia won't go down. They shouldn't go down. I don't think they will. Just, it'll, it'll help them that there's so many. I mean, if you look right up to, right up to Osasuna, like in 12th, all those teams are involved. And I think, I think Valencia will get out of it. But for the club right now, it's it's not looking good. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Do you think Valencia could go down? Well, looking at the front cover of uh, Super Deporte today, which is a Valencia based uh, sports sports newspaper, the front cover was uh, basically the, the title is they cannot go down. El Valencia no se puede hundir. They can't go down. They can't sink, and se comprometen, which means like they're 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 committed to not going down and they haven't the when they say they they're referencing interviews that they've had with uh four players Paulista obviously ex Arsenal Real Jean Dominic uh Gaia fullback and Carlos Soler and all of them have come out and made declarations saying just how how much they love the club how much they feel for the club and 
just how important it is the the experience of um, of playing for the the team has been and how they're they're like no we we cannot go down this year you know um very very kind of emotive front cover but it, at the same time it's like you know they're gonna have a big test at the weekend against Delta they're at home but they're against Delta who are who aren't half bad at the moment so it'll be a real real test but it's nice to see the players coming out and being open and being frank and I think that's one of the advantages of the media nowadays that I think players are a bit more open to talking than they were in the past and you can you can find out a bit more about them and you can really see a lot of the time fans question the commitment of players um, and I think you can see just at least these four just how committed they are to making sure that the, the club does well whether or not they're able to um, I would be worried you know I'd be seriously worried because of the, the financial situation there's a lot of chat about about um, what's going to be happening with the new Valencia Stadium about who the owners are going to be in a couple of years time and there's all sorts of questions off the field and on the field it's, they've been gutted you know yeah. they've been a completely gutted squad you know the amount of players that have left and things so it's, it's crazy it's crazy but yeah I mean the, the game against Vigo yeah we'll, we'll touch on that in the preview mm. but that's, that's going to be a good game but even next week as well after that they've got Katafi away which is going to be huge yep. they're obviously they're, they're, they're level on points so yeah that's going to be a big game for them I mean, that's I, it I still think they will survive, but oh, it's a it's a bad bad time for the club for such a such a huge club as well. Yeah, but it was almost like it was almost that kind of air of that sense of inevitability about it when they when they lost against Madrid. You know, it's just like oh, this is what happens now. Yeah. You don't expect them to put in a challenge, so it's, it's difficult times to to see. Well, more on them in the preview. Um, let's go on to Atletico now because. The next little Wales looking quite tricky. They're back to win aways after beating Granada, so that was a, a really good result. But they've got a pretty tough schedule. They've got a yeah, very tough schedule. I mean, they'll, this this week they'll have had Levante twice, home and away, which is which is quite mad. I, I don't remember a time I've seen the same league fixture so close together. Obviously, this is the postponed. I think mm. from match week two on on Wednesday night. But um, yeah, then they've got Chelsea as well. They'll probably that's the thing. They might slip up in one game against Levante. I'd imagine they'll have one eye on, on Chelsea next week, which they're playing in Bucharest, which is their home leg, which is another disadvantage for them. Then they've got Villarreal away. Oh, that all, all those four games in 10 days and Real Madrid a week after that. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a tough, a tough couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, back to winning ways. What did you make of the, the game against Granada? Hard fought. Really, really hard fought and getting a goal 15 minutes from time and all that. Very lucky goal too, you know. Um, getting on the reflection, yeah, yeah. Get, getting ahead there. So, Granada put up a really good fight. Granada are a good team, you know. They're doing so well in Europe for a reason and stuff. So, it was difficult have a you know having dropped points in the manner that they did, losing that last minute goal against Celta. They would have been itching to get back and and get back to win ways and recovering that that consistency. And and they did it. Wasn't the prettiest way to do it, but they did it. So, I think they'll be happy. But the you're absolutely right. I mean, the the schedule they've got coming up that Levante two games in a row is just very very strange. Uh, obviously, it's the circumstances because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. It's difficult as well. I don't know with the, the squad they've got. I mean, they're not going to be changing too much. You you think they'll probably beat Levante, but you're playing the same team three days later. They've kind of sussed you out. Like the team won't change too much. I mean, I'd I'd back them to win both, but I think it'll be a tougher test than just two games at different times of the season would have been against Levante that's it they do I would say though they do have Felix back now they yeah. have Felix so I mean that's that's a big big boost for them in amongst all the they've been upset a little bit by the by the Covid situation 
people being out, Felix included, uh, D- um, Dembele as well being out. Obviously Trippier's missing because of the, the gambling to the thing. Of the month. Yeah, I think Jimenez was out as well. I think he's back training now as well. Yep, that's it. Did you see Penenka magazine had a... They made a, a Spotify playlist for Trippier. Oh, yeah. And it's all songs based about gambling. So like The Gambler <laughs> by Kenny Rogers. and <laughs> It's quite funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously the, the, the squad's been kind of shaken but the thing is Simeone knows how to put together these squads that are that have strength and depth and Simeone as well will have his, his eye on one, one little milestone he's uh, one game off having the most wins as Atletico manager at the moment he's on 307 Luis, Luis Aragon Aragonés Aragon has had uh, 308 which he did over four stints over about 40 years well not 40 years but yeah four stints over 40 years so yeah I'd say Simeone will reach that milestone in the next couple of weeks which should be huge for him but the the Chelsea game now is 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 big. Yes, yeah. I mean, like look, looking, I kind of preview towards that. Chelsea, when when as little as three weeks ago, I would say you would totally fancy Atletico, but just since Tuchel's come in, Lampard's gone, Tuchel's come in, and there is that new manager effect, isn't there? There That's is it. that new manager I mean, effect. If I was a uh, an Atletico fan, I, I would have been pretty happy enough with the, with the draw at the time but yeah like Lampard that his last couple of months were were rough they kind of they were started the season well and then they were dropping to that eighth or so before he got sacked and then Tuchel came in and yeah they've they've hit they've hit some good form now he's won, won his last five they've only conceded one goal and like you say yeah he's got that that kind of manager buzz everyone seems to be playing better I think he, he might get the best out of out of Werner and, and Havertz who have kind of been struggling so all of a sudden it's become a more difficult tie for Atletico than it first seemed. Yeah. With that the home leg in inverted commas as well in Bucharest. That's, that's another... Very another strange obstacle. aspect of the whole thing, isn't it? There's a cliche about Atletico that the the management over the last few years, Simeone and his team, have kind of propagated, and his players, which is that they prefer to be underdogs when they're going into games. And... We saw it last year against Liverpool. They were underdogs going into that. And how well did they play? And it's almost as if they embraced that kind of... that situation. And when they're going in against a Chelsea team, which for all the tickles made them better, I think, in the last few weeks, you do wonder, are Chelsea still the underdogs going into it? I mean, yeah. For, me, have to say. for me, Chelsea are 100%. So, I mean, going back to that cliche about Atletico, which, he's, which, which Simeone makes no effort to kind of dispel... Like, I would be worried. I would be seriously worried about them going into this because it's a, there's a certain air of unknown kind of quantity about about Tuchel's Chelsea. Um, and, yeah, I like... And Atletico, I mean, in general, obviously their league form this season is unbelievable, but even when their league form has dipped a bit, they're a team to be feared in Europe. Like, before, mm. before Leipzig beat them last season, under Simeone, they'd never been knocked out of a of a knockout stage by a team that didn't have Ronaldo in it, which is quite an amazing fact. Like in the last few years, they knocked out Liverpool when they were winning the league and everything. They've knocked out Barcelona the two the two years they got to the final. Like they're not an easy team to play in Europe, no. and now they're playing even better in the league. So I think I don't know. I think it's going to be a game with or a fixture with not a lot of goals. To be honest, I'd see a lot of stubborn defending from Atletico. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be. Couple of goals in it, maybe a one 0 win for Atletico 
in Bucharest. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a prediction, but no, I don't it's, think it's it's not gonna be a goal fest. But it's still a little bit too early. Timo Werner's scored now though. Yeah, he got himself a goal. Um, and you know he's he's he has been playing well. It's just that the goals are the only thing that's been lacking. And I I do wonder. Saw Gary Lineker talking about this uh, at the weekend there that you do expect the goals to kind of flow now. Now that he's kind of got it just psychologically for him, you know he'll be feeling confident as well. So two goals going to be great for Werner as well. For yeah, getting the best out of him. So yeah, that's going to be he's going to be a danger man for them against Atletico yeah and if Billy Gilmore plays Simeone can forget <laughs> it he can forget it uh, okay looking, af- uh, looking forward to this weekend so we've already actually mentioned a few of these games but uh, it's worth mentioning them again what are your picks for the weekend what do you reckon people uh, watch and, and why well we can look at the top of the table the bottom of the table for the relegation battle Elche and Ibar is going to be huge I mean, like we've kind of mentioned about Elchir sitting 19th. They're on 18 points, three points behind Ibar, but they've got a game in hand on them as well. So if they win this, that'll, I mean, that they'll be in a much more comfortable position. Sorry, they have two games in hand on, mm. on Ibar. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if they win this, they'll be level on points with two games in hand, which would be huge for them. But are they going to win? I'm, I'm not sure. Re- recent form would just suggest that, that this is a completely unknown quantity. Yeah, it's, I mean, um, the, the two of them have the exact same form of the last five games. They've both lost three and drawn two. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's probably got a draw written all over it. But you, I don't know. They they both be doing <coughs> doing the, doing like all they can to nick it. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so that's one right down the bottom. Again, very difficult to call. Valencia Celta. I just I, I really want to watch this one. I think this is this is on Saturday. Uh, half past six Spanish time half past five uh, British or Irish time just to see how they react to this it was a pretty weak performance against Madrid they were completely outplayed they didn't look anywhere near it really uh, at the weekend there on Sunday and you do think well how are they going to react they're in the paper they're in uh, Super Deporte the Valencian paper talking about you know it's a kind of battle cry a little bit and let's just see how they how they react to that and also just to watch Delta because Delta are a good team to watch of late they had a pretty rough start to the season had the change of manager and uh, I think they're always a good team to uh, to have an eye on they're just two great teams in Spain like Valencia and Celta are just two teams with great history I don't know from that too you know from that too you know, they're, they're the great teams to watch and obviously we'll be missing the fans in this game and stuff like that as well but yeah just two great teams that you should probably always watch to be honest shouldn't you you should always watch Delta a little Absolutely. bit <laughs> so yeah I think Valencia Delta uh, Saturday at 7pm um, half past 5 British or Irish time half past 6 Spanish time uh, any other picks As I've, I've <laughs> touched on briefly already so Bilbao Bilbao play, play Villarreal Nine o'clock Sunday, nine o'clock Spanish time, yeah. eight o'clock Irish and English time, British time. Yeah. But um, I mean, yeah. So like Bilbao are five points off. They have a game, a game in hand. Um, like Villarreal, Villarreal are, are sitting sixth. So I mean, the form Bilbao are in, they're just in general. First of all, they're just great to watch. So I'd recommend watching them. And if they could get a win here, it'd be huge. I I do think they might make a late push for Europe. I don't think that was expected earlier on in the season but I don't know just yeah from the some of the goals against Caddy Sparinger particularly was, was unbelievable the two mm. goals he scored and Yaki Williams again showed his strength and pace with, with a great goal oh, so cool, yeah. 
And Villarreal, again, obviously are, are great to watch. Their form of late has dropped a fair bit, though. One loss and four draws in the last five. That, that loss against Betis, you'd, you'd be kicking yourself that because Betis are, are looking really strong candidates for, for Europe now. And they've had a bit of an up-and-down season. But Villarreal, really, you know, these are the games that they have to win if they're wanting to... I think they can forget a top four now. I think their, their aim now for this season has to be to try and equal what they did last uh, last time around, get fifth place. But you know, massively disappointing uh, result actually, against against Betis there. The table's but, quite mad. You've got like twelfth to twentieth who are all re- realistically fighting the relegation battle. Top four, I would think, is more or less set. Sociedad may sneak in. I don't think so. And then you've got again about four or five teams fighting for those Europa spots. So. Barring about four teams in the league, everyone everyone's fighting for something, and everyone's interesting to watch. So, uh, do you have any other any other picks for the weekend? Again, we touched on it before. Atletico Levante has to be yeah. uh, just to see. We've always got the the they've had the game on Thursday night, and then just seeing how they continue that. I know Simeone is very big on this partido a partido game by game thing. Normally, that happens when you play two different teams. Yeah. In, in different competitions, you know, at least if you play the same team, it's going to be in a different competition. You may play Real Madrid in Europe, or, you know, or in the Copa del Rey or in the league. But you're playing Levante twice in the league. Which... Uh, will Levante have sized them up by that point? Will they still have the you know things can really change in in these matches? I would have to say that they will be at home, so that you know that will be an added advantage. But it will be a really interesting one that just to see how they can continue that form, and also will they have one eye on the Chelsea game? That's it. It's yeah. the kind of game that something could happen in, so that's why I that aspect of traveling to Bucharest rather than playing Chelsea at home as well is going to be on their minds. Like it's just yeah, it's a difficult difficult couple of weeks for them. That's it. It's the kind of game that something could happen in. As it happens, it might end up being a textbook win for them. But Levante aren't too bad either. Semi-finalists of the Copa del Rey. We should point out as well, and um, they've got their home leg after having you know pretty impressive draw away to to Bilbao, so they'll be feeling confident enough to they, if they can go away and do that. So yep, yeah, I think those are our our uh, our picks. So choose whatever one you want. Um, okay, well I think that's us. We've done pretty well, about forty five minutes. Thank you for joining us as always. We will see you again, Dodd, in two weeks. Looking forward uh, to it. Looking forward to it as well. And we'll be back again with uh, Reese from Marca next Wednesday or next Thursday. We're not sure. But yeah, thank you for joining us and we'll see you again soon. Hasta luego. Adios.